0: welcome to a free solution
1: welcome to a free solution I'm Kevin Walsh here today joined by Tim the freedom barrier and O'Connor
2: I'm here Kevin how are you
1: oh, living the dream Tim living the dream you know that's
2: all we can do really you that's know. all we
1: can do man one foot you know. in
2: front of the other
1: that's right let's keep going and yeah. uh, do what we can to try to live healthy productive lives despite government sometimes getting in the way of that
2: yeah sometimes and and you know I'll, I'll be honest like i i hate the government i hate the virtue signaling i hate the culture that they they i hate identity politics i'm still grateful like at some some level you hear stories about growing up as a christian in in lebanon and, and then you hear stories about you know after northern africa during a famine and it's like you know what like and even where we're at, even with the identity politics pushed to overload, to mind-numbing mm-hmm. argumentation amongst people, it, America is still It's still okay, bro. You know, it's still yeah. it's still okay.
1: It's still it's it's not a bad place. It, it, overall, yeah. overall, very good. And I think that we think both you and I we we kind of maintain that like a li- just a little bit of civic nationalism. Civic nationalism. I I, I definitely do. Yeah.
2: I, I'm, I'm comfortable criticizing a lot of the things I see and the the absolute idiocy of our our purported ruling class, our our elected servants, our overpaid do-nothings, our overpaid loudmouths. You know, like, okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, this calls a show to do better, not just complain about, like, why everything stinks. There's a lot of stuff out there that stinks. We get it. Yeah. But there's some good stuff happening, too. Although... That is not necessarily the topic of this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, yeah, we not. we have a. I mean, so we we want to talk about a few different things today. We're going to talk about uh, the immigration bills, some stuff going on with that, um, and the whole like package of bills that's with it. Um, and then a, a few stories that, you know, maybe are a little bit older and under the radar, but we going to discuss. And then we have a we have a fake news segment. We haven't done one of those and a little while now so i i'm excited to do some fake news again
2: yeah it's it's gonna be good we ha- we definitely haven't done it in a while and and i am looking forward to it I, I found a good one hopefully you don't we didn't overlap
1: we'll see i mean there's there there's definitely a pretty solid one out there that uh is worth talking about we'll see if we end up on the same one um but i, I have a couple uh so so we can we can keep that segment going um but let's let's talk about the immigration bill what's going on with that um and of course the immigration bill is also like there's like a version of it that's tied to aid to israel and ukraine and some of that is like you know machinations of democrats it's it's republicans who are trying to negotiate different stuff in there like to um you know like but but the idea was is that there's supposed to be some sort of immigration reform happening to deal with the crisis on the border, uh, and they thought they could get a package – like leadership in, in the legislature thought they could get a package passed by tying all that stuff to popular aid packages like Ukraine and Israel.
2: I'm – look, here. here's, here's a reality, and, and before we even get into the details of the bill – Immigration is a hot-button issue and has been... Guys, I'm I'm kind of old. It has literally been a hot-button issue forever. People have manipulated each other. Our government has manipulated us over it f- for generations, okay? In the 70s, it started. Reagan did a big move um, in the 80s, and we never... Came to the final agreements, and and so now here we are.
1: Well, to be fair, immigration's been a thing throughout the entirety of American history. Um, it's it's like it's always been a contentious issue,
2: right? But we were more open minded about it when we had vast tracts of land to settle and we were developing communities. Like we were definitely not anti-immigration back then, and certainly there was
1: we didn't have computers. Oh, there there were there were anti. Immigrant folks—that's that, where the know-nothings came from. It was a whole thing. Ah, they right. wanted to expel the Irish, and, and to be fair, New York City was getting way more people every day than we are now. Like more people, not as a percentage of a population, but I mean more people as in raw numbers. Um, at right, the
2: right, okay. I, I get, I they, get the time frame you're talking
1: about. to to deal with, um, but like Irish, Italian immigrants, like folks from like Central uh, and Western Europe, um. and Eastern Europe later it yeah there there's a lot of folks coming in like and it's always been the case and even going back to the revolutionary times too like even though at the time the the revolutionary folks were like we need more like bodies to like settle this land and like you know hold territory and get white Indians yeah I mean yeah basically that's that's kind of
2: like let's be real right it's it's in the
1: declaration of independence like they they felt that people should be able to come in uh more easily so they had bodies to to fight the the natives um that that was part of it um so you know immigration has an interesting history
2: yeah well my irish and italian ancestors i thank you for whatever it was that you put up with the sacrifices you made the the shoddy boats that you rode in to get here and the the escaping from the oppression of the evil british like thank you just thank you
1: and yeah right and and you know my V- various aspects of my family, you know, came over from like a well, it wasn't really Germany at the time because Germany wasn't a thing. But like from over there, from Poland, some were were supposedly native, some were English. Don't really know, but uh, so it is. And and I I want to get this commentary because we're already getting response to this. John on YouTube says legal immigration, big di- big difference. Uh, I mean, the thing is, like, what back then, like there was just. There's less process and paperwork, right? Like, yeah, they're all like legal in the sense that there are very few laws associated with immigration. You just you just kind of like show up and declare yourself and good luck. You know, that's, like, hey,
2: I'm here. I'm going to get give me a card. I'm going to read some stuff. I'm going to take a test in a year or two. Let's yeah. see how this works out.
1: Right. Whereas now, even if you fill out all the paperwork correctly and spend thousands of dollars, you still might not get to stay in legally (laughs) i do
2: do once again want to criticize the system for making it a multi-trillion dollar a year well multi-trillion i may be exaggerating but it's it's a multi-billion hundreds of billions of dollars that go to the immigration lawyer system it's it's an amazing boom for for trial lawyers and immigration lawyers they they make so much money off of it
1: so yeah, really- no it like it's 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 a thing right like it we, we've created a, a Byzantine process that's uh really tough to deal with um and and actually if I, I if I can find it'll I'll, I'll share a link there's a, a link that someone made uh, for like the immigration game where you try to pick a scenario and see if you can like legally get into the country um and and see if you can get permanent residence or oh, citizenship like that. that sounds like fun uh I failed it a lot. <laughs> so, you, would, but you have you like a limited amount human. of money and you know, like you, you set different circumstances. Like, are you a student? Are you someone with an advanced degree? Are you someone with like uh, just a skilled labor job or unskilled labor job? You know, so uh, in what yeah. country are you from and all this stuff. Um, so it, it's an interesting way to look at it. But anyway, we, we should talk about like this, this bill, which which does get to some of that. So like, you know as we kind of mentioned like there there is that problem of like the paperwork's kind of Byzantine, and there's there's a situation where like almost the easiest way to get in isn't to follow the process that's set out legally because that process is expensive and it takes years and uh it still might not work even if you spend a bunch of money doing it so and, kind and of that's like the
2: area, Kevin if I may interject again that's the area where tr- uh the immigration lawyers make Big money. I yeah. had a buddy here from Russia on a student visa, was working in a diner. Thousands and thousands of dollars he paid this guy. The guy would never even show up for court. It was just amazing. Was just
1: amazing. Wow. That's that's nuts. Um, And so, like, okay, so because of that, though, what winds up happening is that a bunch of people will say, OK, I'm going to go try to get in through the asylum system. Right. Because I don't I don't have the, the money or the time or I feel unsafe trying to, like, follow the normal like process of getting a visa for the intention of moving somewhere. So they say, right, I'll roll the dice. Um, maybe they re- legitimately are unsafe. And some of them like you're, you're fleeing Venezuela or something. Yeah, you might be unsafe. That government is terrible. Um, no one wants yeah. to live under communism. And so you just like you show up here and you say, OK, I'm I'm seeking asylum. Right. And that's where you see, like, why people are like crossing the border. Right. That's why people are like trying to push their way through razor wire fences, because like, well, this is my best shot, because as you mentioned at the beginning of this uh, show, America is still a pretty great place. That's why people want to come here. Right. Like, pe- yeah. people, people know it's a good place. We uh, there's a lot of problems, but we still have the most freedom uh or at least uh, a lot of freedom relative to other uh, other people um so people try to come here right um and and then okay you're able to do that because you know we have processes for accepting refugees and asylum seekers and then you know you get put into the system okay so what do you do with those folks in the system you can either hold them until until their trial date which means like holding people in camps essentially. Uh, Which that, that was all the stuff that when you saw kids in cages under Trump, that's what that was. Uh, or yeah. you can say, OK, we're going to release you and then you can show up at this date and we'll determine if we accept your asylum status. Right. Correct. Um, and so that's how you end up with people who are like here on asylum status who are just like kind of hanging out and then they get busted in New York City and like all that stuff like that's that's kind of why that's happening.
2: Yeah. And, right. and look, they can't get jobs. It's it's a weird kind of quasi yeah. status. It, it's to me, some of the statuses con, conferred upon legal immigrants, especially asylum seekers, which are legal immigrants. Um, th- There's a bizarre thing. They can't get jobs. They can't. Yeah, go to right?
1: work. And for, for better, or worse, Kathy Hochul's like, well, we're going to open up some unfilled state jobs to those folks. Uh, OK, you know, that's we, worse. Just, but OK. Yeah. Great. Well, I mean, like to to me, like it. Well, it's like things like lifeguards um, or like, you know, clerks and things like that. And, and to me, it's like, oh, OK. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess like basically they, they are allowed to apply uh, and the state will like, you know, employ them if they are qualified. Right. Um, yeah. Which to, to me is fine. But like it would be better if the federal government took it a step further and it's just like. Yeah, if you're you're allowed to work as much as you want until your hearing, right? If you go to your hearing and like you're getting deported, okay, yeah, like you, you can't legally work anymore I and mean, that's that's a whole other set of issues, but yeah, you should be able to work doing whatever you want, you know, yeah. <laughs> until until like your your status is determined. I and I don't see a reason why we shouldn't do that. Um because there's a lot of jobs where like if, if Someone's willing to hire you, and you're willing to work. Then, then why not? Why should the the, the government get in the way of that?
2: Um, I'm with you there. I, I noticed in the immigration bill, Kevin, and perhaps you'll comment on this. There's going to be a massive expansion, uh, theoretically, because the bill's not going to pass. But um, yeah, of, of the visa program, which in a yeah. way has had the tendency of turning legal migrants into illegal immigrants at the drop of a hat at the whim of an employer. And to me, it's always been like somehow should be fixed to be more equitable to the people that immigrate here on a visa.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. Like, I mean, cause cause sometimes, yeah, if you like lose your job or your job stinks and you just want a new one, like it can be a nightmare to yeah. like try to adjust to that situation. Um, Or if you just get fired for, because your company laid you off or, or, Whatever, right? Like you should, you should have, there should be more flexibility in being able to adjust to that. Um, and it, it's 50,000 additional employment and family based visas per year for five years. It's going to up that up. Uh, there's also the, uh, the, what they're calling documented dreamers. Uh, put that in quotes. It so uh, like the dreamers who are like the children of of immigrants who are here. Dreamers usually refers to like children of I- illegal immigrants. Um, this is people who are here on visas and then had kids, and then those kids are kind of on like, you know, they're on a family basis but aren't permanent residents. Um, so it it creates an easier path supposedly to um. Allow them to stay in the country after they uh, turn 21. Um, right. So that's an interesting one. There's also one where all the, the Afghanistan refugees who came over, they're going to do something more permanent with them and, and try to do uh, create additional ways to, to vet people who are still seeking refugee status from Afghanistan. So the people who work with the U.S. government and contractors in Afghanistan. Um, so uh, which generally I think that's good, and then they're going to make it harder for asylum uh is, is the other change that the other big change of this, which is um so basically like what the situation we had talked about earlier, you know, they're they're trying to expedite claims. Um it, it, which which may or may not work out. Like maybe it's a, a good thing and people get their yes or no answers soon. Uh immigration groups are kind of worried like uh maybe they'll just like kick everyone out and I'm sure um you know, there, there's some folks who are against immigration who are going to say, yeah, that seems like a good thing. But, uh, you know, for other folks, like, yeah, it, it, my worry is what ends up happening is that these folks will get here, they'll get a no, and they're going to get more people who are just going to be like, well, forget it. I'm not going through the system at all then. That's That's what I think will happen because we see that in black markets all the time. We see that with guns. We see it with drugs. And, like, you make it too difficult, like. Some people are still going to find a way. Right. And then it becomes harder to distinguish the people who are doing that because they're desperate to get out of a situation and the people who are doing that because they're trying to avoid the law for other reasons, because they're actually hurting people or stealing or selling drugs or whatever.
2: Yeah. And look, I think a a broken immigration system, um, when we have plenty of legal ways to migrate here, definitely lends itself to participation in black markets Especially if they can't get jobs, Kevin. You know, yeah,
1: like, exactly, right. You're getting like the it, the solution to that, like the, if you want less illegal immigration, like sometimes, like all right, just like make the processes for doing it legally, like just a little bit simpler, and and let people work. They make it a little bit simpler for that. Um, and then what, one other thing I want to mention about this bill, which is um, that the the president can also um, shut down the border right when when numbers overwhelm the system. So if they get 5000 encounters over a week or 8500 encounters in a single day, uh, then the Department of Homeland Security of the president can shut down the border and and then basically like get a special expulsion power to just like kind of kick everyone out quickly, Um, which is interesting. And then this is why a lot of Republicans are saying this is an open borders bill, which to me on the more pro-immigrant side, I'm like, this is. Not at all open borders, like it's not like it throws a bunch of money at trying to enforce, uh, to at like, um, you know, the uh, customs and border patrol, it throws a bunch of money at trying to to get more judges in to process uh immigration claims quicker, and yep. it doesn't really like increase immigration all that much. Like 50,000 sounds like a lot, but like over the United States over a course of years, really not a ton, uh, right. So, Um, like, yeah, to uh, me, I'm like, I I don't know. It seems like almost a conservative bill to me. Uh, Open border seems a bit of a stretch. I've got,
2: like, this notion of incentivizing immigration is not really a benefit. Criminalizing people that are here legally, like, with the visa program is also wrong. Like, we're getting the whole system wrong. Then we're trading in xenophobia and trading in, like, false narratives to, to play identity politics. Like everything we do about immigration is freaking wrong. Like that's, that's the problem that that's, they're not fixing any of that, right? They're, they're dealing with the system the way that they have it and making it worse. They're continuing with what looks to be an incentivized immigration plan, bringing people here that can't work. That's that, It doesn't make sense, Kevin. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't.
1: And, and Tim, you know, it's it's interesting because, like, I, you and I have talked about, like, whether or not politicians refuse to fix this system because there is incentive for this to remain broken for Democrats and Republicans to raise money off of it, too. Right. Like, there's no incentive to fix this because then they can't talk about something. And I've seen a bit more of that. Like, there's just, you know, rumors about, like, Mitch McConnell and, and the uh, Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, like, them, well, you know, maybe we don't want to fix this because then it remains an issue for Trump. And Democrats do the same thing. Right. Like us say like. Well, Absolutely. Right. Like, well, you know, if we can't like virtue signal, if we can't say like we love and respect immigrants and we have the Trump who's, who hates immigrants and we're going to take him down, like you have an opportunity to do something about. It. And I don't like fully agree with this, but you have an opportunity to like make a bit of progress here. For both Republicans and Democrats, a compromise like again, I don't like spending more money. I, I, it's not exactly what I would do. But like from like a what they say they want to do, what Republicans and Democrats say they want to do, perspective like it seems weird that this bill is gonna die.
2: Well, it's it in part is gonna die because they tied funding. Like they're lazy, right? Right. And the, irresponsible.
1: The funding which. We should talk about, but you know what? I just realized we're running out of time for this segment, so we're going to, have to talk okay. about it next time. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon.
3: Introducing a sobering and unavoidable truth, the latest advancements in artificial intelligence have made cyber attacks easier than ever before. Cyber criminals are relentlessly targeting your business right now, seeking the tiniest opening in your defenses to drain your accounts and steal sensitive data. Your finances and your customers' trust are on the line. Call the experts at Simple Tech Innovations now at 585-999-TECH to secure your business today. Don't wait until it's too late. Make the call today, 585-999-TECH. Hey, this is Kevin Wilson, host of A Free Solution. You ever need a tool for just one project? but
1: didn't want to spend the cash for something you'd use just once or twice? Well, there's a new tool library in Rochester where you can borrow just the thing you need instead of buying a new one. It's called the Tool Shed from the Southeast Area Coalition, and membership starts at just $25 a year. Use it for home projects or to support your business. Learn more and become a member at seektoolshed.org. That's S-E-A-C-Toolshed.org.
0: In 1926, the Avon Fire Department put an Aarons Fox Pumper into service. It now sits fully restored in a museum near Toronto. Avon has an opportunity to bring the fox home for its 100th birthday for a fraction of its appraised value. The Aarons Fox Fold Circle Preservation Society needs your help. Look us up on Facebook or call 615-6463. Let's bring home the fox. A free solution on the WYSL stations.
1: Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Variant O'Connor.
2: I'm here, Kevin. And, and last segment, we were talking about the immigration bill. And we didn't really get to one of the things that I think drives both of us crazy. They're, they're, we touched on it. We pointed at it. Like the preponderance of the 118 billion dollars proposed for the immigration bill, most of that money is not actually going to effectively change the system at the border or or improve any piece of this. Most of you're, the shocked face, guys. If you guys on WYSL should join our show once in a while, because uh, Kevin just made the shocked face. Like sixty or seventy billion dollars of this border security bill is to dedicate funding for Ukraine and Israel. And oh, no, a, are, yeah,
1: 660 specifically for Ukraine and 14 billion for Israel.
2: So 74 billion of the 118 billion border security bill is going to foreign interests. Now, should those things be debated? Should we still continue to support Ukraine? Should we still continue to support Israel? Should those things be debated as standalone bills? By people who are not lazy and interested in world security and America's role in it. Should that be debated on the floor of the House? That's their freaking job, Kevin. That's their freaking job. That's
1: what they're supposed to do. That's what we're supposedly paying them for. Supposedly.
2: Yeah. Allegedly. These guys are jokers and clowns and frauds. Every last one of them.
1: Except yeah, right. Like spread. if it's a good idea instead of like okay, now we're all talking about whether or not you support the the immigration bill, yes no on that. Like okay, what about this other 74 billion dollars? Like that is worth having its own discussion, right? Like yeah. again, like w- whether you're for or against that, whether you think it's worth funding Ukraine at that level or or Israel at that level, which like to be fair to them too, like to to the folks over in Ukraine and Israel, maybe less Israel, but definitely Ukraine, like they 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 need the plan. They need a yes or no on that too. Like okay, like so let's let's debate it. We'll we'll do it. And you know I, I get it right. Like so that puts everyone in a difficult position. It makes our country look like morons uh, because yeah. we're tying it to this other thing, and we don't have an actual debate on this bill because this is what we always do. We just pack these these things together in the stupid omnibus packages because we do that with the entirety of the budget as well. Um, and then like no one gets to have the actual discussion because remember there's also no floor amendments anymore there's no like breaking out bills in the separate parts there's every single vote that ends up happening ends up being like tightly controlled so like the the house speakers and party leadership do not allow votes to get to the floor unless they already know the outcome
2: yeah yeah so look i had this thought our friend john on uh, from youtube follow the money corporate donors want cheap labor and the homeless is inconsequential to them. I'm gonna go with. I wanted to. I saw follow the money, and that's what grabbed me. I feel as though every bill like this is a like negotiation for campaign de- donations. I, I, that's how cynical I've gotten, Kevin. Yeah. Is that I? I, I am,
1: Well, well like, yeah. Well, I know that's how it is. Like, you know, I, I, I understand that. I think that's fair. Um, you know, I there's also like an element of like, uh, we're we're trying to do the right thing here, and you know. Uh, again, I, I think most people are trying to do that, but, like, still, like, there's no reason to combine all these things into one. It's, you know, yeah. it, and it, it goes into that, like, beyond incompetence, it, it's just, like, there's no reason to do it. Like, it, it's cynical to try to tie these together in the hope that, like, you'll get it because, like, Republicans won't vote against to Israel, right? Yeah. That's because that's why they're doing that. Oh, we'll tie this together so like they have to vote for this bill on aid to Israel. No, just split it out. Like, let's discuss: Does does Israel actually need our aid in this situation?
2: Right? Do they? And look, we've we've beaten this dead horse. We've got other exciting issues to talk about. It's not a dead horse. It's it's perennially a subject you and I will be talking about for show upon show. Um, So. Where should we head next, Kevin? The closing of uh, the pharmacies all over the country.
1: Uh, yeah, we could do that.
2: All right. So basically, um, I ran across an issue um, where whereby a number of CVS stores, um, Walgreens. And Rite Aids are closing. They're closing thousands and thousands and thousands of stores. The the competition has gotten tougher. Amazon has stepped into this marketplace. Walmart has stepped into this marketplace. But what we now have is Anaya Presley, the uh, the um, House representative for the Boston area, the seventh district in Massachusetts, is freaking out because a Walgreens is closing in in one of her the Rockford neighborhood, an area where she represents. And Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the the economic realities of what is going on with pharmacies and, and whether her virtue is misplaced. Um, And let me quote her just, just so you get a full, full um, taste of where she's coming from. Baby formula, diapers, asthma inhalers, life-saving medications and jobs. When a pharmacy leaves a neighbor, neighborhood they disrupt the entire community Walgreens must not abandon Roxbury and work with us to address the impact of the closure of their Warren Street location so Walgreens is closing two locations in her one of the areas where she represents and she wants it to be about Walgreens is racist Kevin
1: yeah I I, I've seen that like happen in, in other places, too, because it, it happened when like a Walmart closed in Chicago too. basically the same accusation um, and they're like, oh, like they must be closing because they don't want to serve these communities. And it happens in Rochester, too. There's accusations of like Wegmans used to have like more locations like kind of in the city uh, and they, they currently only have one location in the city on East Ave and people are like, oh, Wegmans must be racist Um right. instead of like, well, maybe they can't make a store work in like that neighborhood and they pick places along major highway routes that people can easily drive or ride a bus to. And, you know, that's fine for them. Um, but like a lot of these like pharmacies are closing though, like to your point for, for a bunch of complicated reasons, like it's sure. not, it's not just, ah, you know, too many black people are benefiting from our pharmacy. We've got to just close the doors because we don't like that. Right. But yeah, they- I just said competition, you know, it's people can go to Walmart and they buy the groceries and they buy the stuff they would buy at a pharmacy and it's all there or they can order off of Amazon, which is like usually what I do, too. Like if I need something I'd, I'd get from a pharmacy in a lot of cases, like unless I need something like right now, you know, then I'll run to the CVS down the road. But if not, I'll order on Amazon and I'll get it the next day. Right. And it's yeah. probably going to be cheaper and I don't have to go out. I, look, I've
2: got a way to blame the government response to COVID. Do you want to hear? Yeah,
1: yeah I, I was waiting for it. Like, all right, let's talk about how the government is okay. causing this. So, look, I, when
2: I used to go to my Walgreens more regularly to pick up my prescriptions, I was very comfortable walking inside, but picking up a few things that I needed at at a substantially higher cost than I could get them at a Walmart or or even my local grocery store, okay? So, I'd go in, I'd pick up a prescription and perhaps pick up some overpriced milk, an overpriced bag of pretzels, and some overpriced skincare product, okay? As a response to the inflationary environment created by both Donald J. Trump and Joe Biden and the monetary modern monetary theory used it in response to COVID, I don't have the money to participate in buying the extra goods that I might buy at a Walgreens or a right aid. Um I go in for my prescriptions now and that's it. Um as a matter of fact I take advantage of the drive thru. I don't even go inside hardly at all anymore. Um because I have to uh budget my money differently than than what was available to me pre COVID, pre lockdown, pre inflation, pre inflation bubble. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I mean Does that you work? You are can we all blame the government for that? You no, know, Tim We could always blame the government. um, (laughs) I mean, we'll we'll shoehorn in a way. I mean, and then there there are other ways to think about it, too. It's just like, um, you know, when when, like the lockdowns happened and everything, too, people were just like not buying as much stuff because they didn't want to like hang around in the area. Either people wanted to do that, like get the delivery of everything, too. And, you know, that that didn't help. Um, So there's, you know, a few things uh, that the government was kind of involved in that. Um, and, you know, and then it's also like other stuff too. It's not necessarily the government's fault. Like, I mean, I'm sure we yeah. could shoehorn it in there too, but like, like a lot of these pharmacies do have theft issues. Um, it's just that they seem to have gotten hit. They, yeah. for whatever reason, like people seen them as like uh, softer targets than like the, the bigger box stores. Although there's still theft rings that impact those too. Sure. Um, and,
2: and- theft is an issue right in in depressed neighborhoods and economically yeah. strapped uh neighborhoods so right and, and so
1: yeah it's hard to maintain a store in those places right it, like if you it, like and that, that was a, a thing in Rochester right so like there's a, a an article I'm looking at from um last May uh, and it was the the right aid on Portland Ave is closing in May and like one of you know People talked about, like, well, uh, a lot of the shelves were empty. Everything was locked up when they came in, and, and shoplifters, um, you know, would, would take stuff, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah, so, it, like, that's what it is. Like, when uh, stuff would get damaged, and, um, and and it was just, like, an unpleasant place to shop because you had to ask to unlock everything, and the stuff that wasn't unlocked would get stolen. Like, yeah, it's, so, like, and it's hard to maintain, like— profitability when that's what's always happening to your store people are always taking stuff and you have to like add extra steps to buy goods like yes yeah, that's not a recipe for success i
2: i was working in connecticut kevin and i went to a walmart um they have the underwear locked up bro like i'd never <laughs> seen that before in rural america like this is just outside of a, a densely populated urban area um they had the underwear locked up I had to find a sales associate to buy six new pairs of underwear. It was amazing to me. Um, I was doing some shopping at a local Home Depot and I'm like, Hey, uh, you guys got any of these, uh, an expensive drill bit, let's call it. It's like a 60, $70 drill bit. And the lady types it in. She's like, it says we got 11, but odds are we don't have any. Like I'm like, okay. Uh, My last trip to Connecticut, I went to that same Home Depot and, The entire circumstances have changed. They have security guards at the door. They have a a recording device in the middle of the parking lot with massive lights. It's about, I don't know, the lights go up about 20 feet. They've got cameras coming out of this thing all over the place. Like, they they have had to take a stand against, (laughs) they had to take a massive stand against the theft that was going on at this Home Depot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I, I broke your train of thought, like trying to find yeah, this this clip from South Park, which is like the the underpants gnomes. It says phase one: collect underpants. Phase two: question mark. Phase three: profit. <laughs> so, perfect. <laughs> that, that's why they're locking it up, man. That's uh, gotta stop the underpants gnomes.
2: <laughs> so, anyways, uh, like theft is a real thing, and and so if let's just say how much theft can the Walgreens in I think it's Rockford, Massachusetts, pass on to Oneana, New York's Walgreens. Like at yeah, right. what point will everyone stop shopping at the Oneana Walgreens because the cost basis for all Walgreens has become too high? They have to they have to counteract loss, period. Somehow. And closing yeah. the store is a realistic way to do it. And that that's a reality.
1: Yeah. And that and that stinks, right? And again, there's there's a lot of like failures on, on, on the government's part uh, for that too. Like in addition to like the government, uh, the, those communities um, and getting like it's, it's Rochester's no stranger to that. Like, and we have to have two cities, uh, two, two uh, pharmacies in the city close. Like it's, it's been an issue and it stinks if you live in that neighborhood and you're just like, man, I'm just trying to get my prescriptions. And I want to be able to like go there in three minutes instead of having to drive out to like, Uh, a walmart or wegman's or whatever right like i get it and that stinks that like the people in those neighborhoods suffer because like like a handful of jerks can't like do the right thing and not not steal stuff or you know again sometimes it's not in their control either like it's not totally fair to blame them it's also like people just go to amazon or whatever you know or go to other places it's just changing businesses and it's not like I my, my, my guess is that like there there's going to be new and interesting ways for people to be able to get prescription drugs like there's more and more ways in which people can get it through the mail. Like, yeah, the, the, the market's going to respond.
2: Yeah, logistic plays are the wave of the future, right? Like yeah. that that is Walmart is is number two to Amazon in logistic place like having massive warehouses once they get like even walmart now has pharmacies where they're they basically give away certain loss leaders you can get great deals on certain prescription drugs at walmart because they know you will buy other things while you're there so yeah walmart pharmacy is pretty up yeah that's what it is
1: uh all right so on that note though we do have to head to a break thanks again for joining us here on a free solution on wysl we're going to be back in just a few minutes talk to you soon
3: Introducing a sobering and unavoidable truth, the latest advancements in artificial intelligence have made cyber attacks easier than ever before. Cyber criminals are relentlessly targeting your business right now, seeking the tiniest opening in your defenses to drain your accounts and steal sensitive data. Your finances and your customers' trust are on the line. Call the experts at Simple Tech Innovations now at 585-999-TECH to secure your business today. Don't wait until it's too late. Make the call today, 585-999-TECH. To live the quality
0: of life we deserve in truth and freedom, informed by our Constitution, our laws, and traditions, we need to pick the best leaders possible. Recent experience certainly illustrates that. Free and accurate elections are essential if we're going to restore our society and safeguard our rights. New York Citizens Audit is a volunteer, nonpartisan group which has been lobbying for open-source audits of the State Board of Elections and reform of the electoral process statewide. Did you know Citizens Audit has uncovered over one million felony violations of election law that in 2020 there were 625,000 more voter registrations than existing voting age citizens in just six New York counties, that there were 338,000 more votes cast than voters who voted. These are just a few shocking examples of the urgent need for reform. You can help. Visit AuditNY.com and learn the facts, how to volunteer and make a difference in your community. Again, volunteer, donate, or spread the word. Start at AuditNY.com. That's AuditNY.com. The 2024 Batavia Downs Summer Concert Series has been announced. Come see bands like Smash Mouth, The Bacon Brothers, 38 Special, April Wine, and country music star Clay Walker. There will also be tribute acts paying homage to Fleetwood Mac, Tom Petty, Heart, The Doors, Chicago, and Sticks. It's going to be a great summer, all summer long at Batavia Downs. Get more information and tickets today at BataviaConcerts.com. That's BataviaConcerts.com. A free solution on the WYSL stations.
1: It's fake news Thursday evening. Thursday. That doesn't roll that. Fake news Thursday evening on WYSL. Fake news Tuesday evening on our live stream. But we have we have some, I think, fun fake news items. Um we haven't we haven't done it in a while. It's been a, it's been a little bit. Uh, T- Tim, do you want to go first? I I can I think we got the same one. We'll see if we have the same one. But but Tim, do you, you want to? All right, uh...
2: Kevin, as you probably know, um, it as a part of of our World War II effort, Kevin, and this is going to be weird, right? We we used what are called carrier pigeons, messenger pigeons, where where soldiers who were going in behind enemy lines would be able to. You know, gather intelligence and write a message back to, uh, you know, throw the pigeon in the air. The pigeon flies back to its home base. Um, certain types of pigeons have this remarkable ability to know where their coop is, regardless of miles traveled, regardless of distance, you know, taken. They, they can get back to their coop as long as they're not away from it for too long and they don't establish a new coop. But check this out. A pigeon... Kevin, is this real or fake? Like, a pigeon was accused of being a Chinese spy in India.
1: (laughs) Pigeon was accused of being a Chinese spy in India. Uh, You know, I'm going to say that that is... I'm going to say it's real news.
2: Kevin, it is, in fact, 110% real news. Um, They... Basically, somebody found a pigeon with with a tag attached to its feet that had Chinese writing on it, and um, they captured the pigeon. They held it in custody for about eight months. I, I, I'm here. The way I'm hearing the story, PETA intervened. Some some you know animal rights group intervened. They they realized that it was just a, a racing pigeon, just a basic somebody. You tag your racing pigeons if you have homer, homing pigeons that you want. You know, they have contests with these things mm-hmm. just, just to keep us ready for war in, in the future when an EMP goes off and we lose all of our, our, you know, communications. So anyways, it's absolutely a true story. Be thankful. Thankfully, everybody, the pigeon has been released. So it's it's free to go back to its coop or just go be a wild pigeon and live its best life. So, good news, well, but good news.
1: Um Tim, did they check to make sure that the bird was not in fact the drone?
2: Um well, look, uh, being that I'm in in the recharging bird type drone business, I no one's going to actually ever check that, Kevin. As long as the bird is still moving. They birds are inherently our masters. We haven't realized that yet, but I'm doing what I can to keep them happy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just recharging on the birds. Thank you for doing your part.
2: I have a flock of ravens, Kevin, watching my progress with my latest project. Like, And ravens, I don't know if you guys know this, are like big crows, but cooler. And then the crows come in and fight with the ravens. It's kind of really wild. Like, there's this war going on with big ravens and slightly smaller crows. But they are, like, they tear each other's tail feathers out. It's weird, man. Like they do yeah. not like each other. Um, and according to all the like fantasy fiction that I've read, ravens are the good guys and crows are the bad guys. So I'm sympathetic to the ravens. And ravens I, I didn't, can learn I didn't
1: know English. It? Well, they, they can run, learn English. I mean, well, they, they can speak.
2: Smart. They can imitate words. Well, that, so I mean,
1: they're, they're pretty smart, Tim. Yeah. Um, you know, they can they can do your bidding if you train them. Um, that, oh. I'm just saying, more? like, yeah, they're they're out there. Like, just start like incentivize. Like, I, I've heard stories, like you know, it clips from Reddit, you know. So, so take it for what it is. But real. people who's, you know, yeah, it might be real. People who said, like, hey, start training some crows that showed up my backyard. Do the crows or the ravens? They're both very smart. Um, and you know, just start giving them like uh, bread, and they'll start giving you gifts, right? And then when they start giving you something like good, like you know. You no know, coins or or dollar bills. You start giving them like nicer treats, and so they they realize like, oh, this is the stuff that that my guy really wants, and they'll start going and seeking out more of that. Now, how they get it, I, you know, I, I don't need God. to know the details. That's that. It's not my business. Yeah, that's not but the my point problem. is, is that they they bring me things that look like little green squares of uh, rectangles of paper, um, oh and and then I give them a uh, nice bread and. And, and seeds and nuts and stuff okay um,
2: tomorrow's tomorrow's project is now firmly set in my brain besides working i i'm going <laughs> to build a little i don't know crow crow or raven whichever one really wants the stuff i don't care
1: you know, Do, you know just,
2: starting with bread you think that's a good idea
1: yeah that seems reasonable i, I feel All like right. birds like bread I, mean, I, right. I don't know i'm not i'm not i'm not a bird expert um, and as I, and I have no idea if you get in trouble if those, you know, crows or ravens, whoever wins out ends up, uh, you know, they end up stealing something to, to give to you. Um, not an expert in bird law, just, well, you know, uh, throw I, that caveat out there.
2: Honestly, this job has a limited time frame, Kevin. I could do this for the, for the next, you know, let's say month and a half or two months. Do you think that's enough time to train them up? That,
1: listen, they remember you. Um, too yeah like you'll come back like years later and they'll be like oh hey man our buddy's back
2: like yo let's
1: go get some more dollar bills like this
2: this this is good kevin this is good i can make this work
1: yeah And, and and i've always advocated and for some reason the the good folks at the city of rochester have never agreed that when we get infested with crows every year downtown just have them do our bidding Right, like right. we can have them. It does. They don't need to go and steal stuff. but like, go and give them bread for like picking up cigarette butts or something. Oh. Right, like every cigarette butt they bring here, here's a walnut. You know, like, All right. good, good job, crow. Instead, yeah. we you know shoot fireworks and lasers and stuff at them. No, that we could be getting them to do our bidding. They could go up and clean up these streets. Um, I,
2: honestly, I be putting them to be work. The Birdmaster now, the, yeah. the, the raven guy. The crow meister, yeah. Eh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll figure I mean, out. You're
1: gonna, you're gonna have your own murder. It's it's you yeah, know, it's gonna be great. Yeah. Like again, this is the outside of the box thinking that we bring you here on a free solution is, <laughs> is getting crows and ravens to do our bidding. Um, and uh, and she- Shelly throws out Shelly on YouTube says my cat screwed the crow and we had to rescue the cat. Uh, yeah, crows they it, them remembering is both a good and a bad thing. They they will also remember if you uh are mean to them. So yeah.
2: I can remember a hawk took down a crow right behind my first house. And the entire woods behind my house, like, was crazy with crows cawing at the hawk. Like, it it was weird, man. It was kind of eerie. Like, did you ever see the Hitchcock movie, The
1: Birds? Yeah, yeah, The Birds. It it reminded
2: me very much of that. And I, I had a little child at the time. And I'm like, you know what I'm doing? I'm getting out of here until stuff calms down. That's, that's, it.
1: Fair. I'm gone. that's fair. That's good instincts. All right. I want to I want to leave enough time to talk about uh, the item that I want you to judge if this is a, a real or fake news item. Um, so I'm going to read you a, a tweet uh, that's describing this this article. Um, It says a Bay area school struggling to boost low test scores and student attendance is paying $250,000 for an organization called woke kindergarten to train teachers to disrupt racism and remove these barriers for learning. It's test scores fell even further. Tim, (laughs) is this, is this a real story or is this something that, you know, the Babylon B came up with?
2: Honestly, Kevin, we know that there's a problem with, the the product that public it you know educational systems are offering I, i'm gonna say that this is a true story
1: it is unfortunately a true story uh, what woke, woke kindergarten is real um and people really paid money for it two hundred and fifty thousand dollars at this district to uh disrupt racism but turns out disrupting racism is not the same as you know teaching kids to read <laughs> i
2: mean imagine that kevin i've got one Chalking. um in a similar vein actually the entire state of ohio the legislature in the state of ohio has put a bill into the house in ohio that would offer to pay students in ohio for attendance True story, false story.
1: Uh, I don't know. There's, there's probably this is probably misleading in some way. I'm gonna say it's not real.
2: Well, it's uh, the way I presented it may or not be accurate, but that is in fact a real, a real story that they are going to pay for attendance up to fifty dollars a month starting in kindergarten if you attend school more than ninety percent of the days available.
1: Yeah, you know, well, if if <laughs> we're we're spending like $40,000 a student, you know, they get a little bit. So students get a bit of kickback from that and they show up, you know, what, what would you rather have? Give 50 bucks to a kindergartner or a hundred K to another admin. We don't need.
2: Um. Well, I, so I would choose the third option, which is why we do this show, right? Like there's gotta be another option, Kevin. There's gotta be like the either or there leaves me unsatisfied so what what i'm saying is what would be the third option here like
1: i mean find ways to make students connect with learning and have them want to go to school to be able to connect the I, curriculum I I, there with their goals and dreams
2: yeah I, a better product <laughs> like yeah better simply product put, that's a better product if if the public school system came up with a better product that that did not serve virtue, that served learning, that served our children. I, I mean, I think it's a win-win-win-win, like, from the office. Everybody wins, yeah.
1: and I win. Well, Tim, or or we teach kids to be little comrades— And, like, you know, teach them about striking, and we ask them tough questions about Palestine, and, like, you know, we ask, like, how are we going to, like, defund Israel and support the Palestinian people, and then we make a bunch of money off of that. Um,
2: That sounds like the system we have, Kevin.
1: (laughs) The the system we have works for the people of woke kindergarten.
2: Um, (laughs) I do regularly point out that government schools are failing, which – Many people rejoin and say, no, Tim, government schools are entirely successful, like, at what they want to do. I'm like, "Yeah, you know, that's a painful point, but I accept it.
1: That's, uh, I mean, I, I think that is, that is fair and accurate in some cases, like, that there, there are certain folks for which this system works. Um, and, you know, again, some of the administrators, you know, maybe, uh, maybe some of the teachers. I, I'm not that cynical about teachers, but... um, but and then these like some of these nonprofit groups who are pushing their own curriculum, too. But again, at this this particular school district where I pulled up that Woke kindergarten story, uh, the four percent, four percent of the students there are proficient in math. Twelve percent are at grade level in English and it's going down after they decide, like, oh, what if we just just talk about racism all day? And yeah, uh,
2: it's absurd, Kevin, like that's and, that's absurd.
1: And, and like, I wasn't joking like that, the, the Palestinian conflict question, like that's, that's like really like the verbatim question is if the United States defunded the Israeli military, how could this money be used to rebuild Palestine? Like they're, they're, these are discussion questions with, you know, like first graders that they're, they're thrown out there. Uh, That
2: sounds like what I would call indoctrination. That sounds like a political agenda being forced on. Well, it, it. Can can, they, can they even be argued that it's indoctrination. It's indoctrination, like that. No,
1: yeah, like that's a hundred percent of what it is, and so that's why I wanted to bring up that one too, just because the uh, like it's it's so on the nose, like mm-hmm. it's 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 like the culmination of like every worst thing like folks on WYSL are thinking about, like what school districts are doing, and it it is real. Like in this case,
2: that's just amazing. Just it's like I mean,
1: legit, straight up, like woke communist propaganda at a school where like the, the poor kids, like, again, they're, they're struggling to read. They're struggling to have like the basic skills they need to be able to advance in life. Like so, like it's like I, I want it to be really funny, but also it's not funny for the, the kids and the families there. Right. And it's the teachers don't like it way. either. Like the teachers are like. what are we even doing here and we are also out of time thanks again for joining us here on a free solution appreciate y'all listening folks have a great night wysl audience take care